singers and I at Peter's welcome you to what's new. We return today to Matthew chapter 5 moving on to verses 43 through 48 the final verses in this chapter. These verses continue the teaching of Jesus to his disciples and followers there on the hillside overlooking the Sea of Galilee. On our previous study taken from verses 38 through 42 our focus was on our Lord's teaching concerning the law of retaliation. Now Matthew closes this fifth chapter with Jesus' interpretation of Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, which reads, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against any of your people, but love your neighbors as yourself. Now some of the stricter Pharisees added to this command what they thought it implied, hate your enemy. Now, here is what Jesus had to say concerning this rule. There is a saying, love your friends and hate your enemies. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true sons of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. If you love only those who love you, what good is that? Even scoundrels do that much. If you are friendly only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even the heathen do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect.
There is no way that you and I can be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. We cannot be good by God's standards. We need a Savior, and that is why Christ came. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. The disciple John once wrote, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. God is love. That's recorded in 1 John 4, 8. Then John repeats that last line again in verse 16. God is love. Since that's what God essentially is, we need to hear what he has to say about love. We humans know so little about it. I heard a man say just yesterday that we can't define love. Its definition certainly has been mangled today. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus spoke about it to his disciples. He said, You have heard that it is said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. No doubt Jesus is referring to Leviticus 19, verse 18, where God said, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against any of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. The Pharisees in Jesus' day had a very narrow definition of neighbor. It included only those near and dear to them, and it certainly did not include their enemies. They also read into the statement, love your neighbor, the idea that they should therefore hate their enemies. The first implied the second, they reasoned. If God said, love your neighbor, he must mean also hate your enemy. But evidently they hadn't read God correctly. In Leviticus 19, God also said, when an alien lives with you in your land, do not mistreat him. The alien living with you must be treated as one of your native-born. Love him as yourself. Evidently, according to God's definition, even the alien or the stranger should be considered a neighbor. Love should extend to strangers, to aliens, God said through Moses. That would include everyone with whom you come in contact. But Jesus heightens that command even more when he said, love your enemies. That's how God looks at his enemies. He loves them. And that's how his followers should love too, because Jesus said they were sons of their Father in heaven. Now to prove his point about God. Jesus pointed out that God causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He extends the same love to both. God sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous, Jesus said. God doesn't distinguish in terms of love expressed to humans. God doesn't discriminate. 
This does not mean that all humans will be saved in the end, but it means that all can be, that the offer is equally extended to everyone. God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The greatest sinner has an open door to God through Christ, God's Son. The Pharisees extended love to those who loved them, but not to others. Jesus said, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Even the despised tax collectors loved, at least other tax collectors, and even pagans loved those who loved them. There is no merit in that kind of love, where reciprocity is assured. Jesus was saying to these Pharisees that they were no better than the tax collectors or the pagans. God's people can do no less than love their and God's enemies. So Israel should demonstrate God's love to even their enemies. Israel was to be God's channel of love to people. That's contrary to human nature, to return good for evil. Someone has said to return evil for good is devilish. To return good for good is human. But to return good for evil is divine. And that's what Jesus' followers are to do. Jesus' followers are to love in a way that is superior to what humans in sin do. Christians have another pattern, another model. Their model is now Jesus, not the devil. What did he do? Becomes a question which we must ask. Jesus prayed for his enemies. On the cross he said, Father, forgive them. Nothing humans could experience would be worse than the crucifixion of Jesus. Yet that didn't silence his prayers for his persecutors, and nothing justifies silencing our prayers. Of course, not only does Jesus intercede for his enemies, he also prays for his own. While we are not his enemies, we must often disappoint and hurt him. Jesus said to us all, pray for those who persecute you, as he did. It is entirely possible that by the time Matthew wrote, Jesus' followers were already being persecuted. Persecution hasn't stopped. We at What's New get many letters. Some of them indicate intense persecution for their faith in our time. These words of Jesus are relevant for all of us, and particularly for those who are called upon to suffer for their faith in Christ. It must be said, however, that church history records that the so-called Christian church in past centuries often persecuted those of other faith without mercy. That is one of the darkest chapters in that history. Perhaps they meant well in their zeal, but they evidently didn't take seriously these words of Jesus recorded here in Matthew at the end of chapter 5. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's the Christ way. In the dark of the midnight have I oft hid my face, while the storm howls above me, 
and there's no hiding place mid the crash of the thunder precious lord hear my cry keep me safe till the storm passes by till the storm passes over till the thunder sounds no more till the clouds roll forever from the sky hold me fast let me stand in the hollow of thy hand keep me safe till the storm passes by when the is ended and the storms come no more let me stand in thy presence on that bright peaceful shore in that land where the tempest never comes lord may i dwell with thee when the storm passes storm passes over till the thunder sounds no more till the clouds roll forever from the sky hold me fast let me stand in the hollow of thy hand keep me safe till the storm passes by me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Till the storm passes What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.